Chapter 22, we continue David's flight from Saul. In the previous chapter, he went to the priest, Achimelech, the priest of Nov, who gave him bread, who gave him a sword. At the end of the chapter, David leaves with the sword, and the sword is the sword of Goliath. And remarkably, where does David go next when he leaves the priest? He goes in the previous chapter, in verse number 11, El Achish Melech Gat, to Achish, the king of Gat, in other words, the king of the Philistines. David seeks refuge amongst the Philistines, a remarkable turn of events. The Philistines are not only the great enemy of Israel, but the Philistines are the one that David himself fought. David killed Goliath, bringing about a great victory against the Philistines. And somehow David feels he can take refuge amongst the Philistines holding the sword of Goliath. The text doesn't actually tell us what David is thinking, but presumably, since he intends to run there, he thinks he has a safe haven there. He thinks, perhaps, that bringing the sword of Goliath with him might be a sign to the Philistines that David is siding with Goliath. We have to remember at all times that the king of Israel is out to kill David. So David sees himself, and rightfully so, as Saul's enemy. And presumably one could see that as, since Saul is the king of Israel, he's on the outs not just with Saul but with all of Israel. And presumably he's backing on the idea that when he runs off to the Philistines, they will take him in, given the fact that Saul is David's enemy. But when David comes to the Philistines at the end of the previous chapter, the servants of Achish say to him, in verse number 12, Isn't this David? Isn't this the one that the women came out and said, This is the one who slew the Philistines. And the suggestion over here, I think, is that the people speaking to Achish, the king of God, don't necessarily see Saul and David as enemies. They don't see what David did as necessarily apart from Saul. They see that what David did was in line with Saul. The women who came to sing before Saul sang before Saul. They were praising not just David, they were praising Saul. In any event, one way or the other, whether they see him and Saul as still being somehow potentially aligned, or whether they see David as even a greater threat than Saul, they see David as the enemy of the Philistines. And when David realizes this, he realizes He's put himself in mortal danger. So the end of the previous chapter, he concealed his good sense from them, and he pretended to be mad. He scribbles on the doors of the gate, kind of graffiti. In those days, it was a sign of madness. Now it's become an art form. But in those days, it's a sign of madness. And when Achish sees this, he says to his servants, why do you bring this madman to me, the raving person? Don't I have enough raving people? I need someone else. Shall I bring this person into my house? That was the end of the previous chapter. Now that story actually is a very important story as we proceed and move forward through the book because it tells us one very important thing about David. He's a very good actor. And you can't necessarily assume that the way he behaves represents what he's actually trying to accomplish. I would add you can't necessarily assume that the words that David says, the words that he uses necessarily 
reflect a certain path. David will is a character that's hard to decipher. What he says can typically be understood in a variety of ways. That's the end of the previous chapter. So there's no safe haven amongst the Philistines. He's left the city of the priests. Now we'll, where will David go? So the beginning of chapter 22, he runs off to a cave in Adulam. His brothers, his father's house, here, and they come down to greet him. And then in the second verse, David collects, I would say, attracts, they gathered unto David. David's an attractive person. Here he attracts a whole group of people. People that are desperate. People that have debts. People that are bitter. Mar Nefesh. He became their leader. There were 400 such people. It is important to note that the description of these people, desperate and bitter people, people that have debts, maybe people that are wanted, but it's not the same description as the one we encounter in the previous book, in the book of Judges. There it talks about Avimelech, the one who declared himself king and killed his 70 brothers, or Yiftach, the Giladite. There, they gathered unto themselves Anashim Reikim Upochazim. Now, Reikim Upo, empty people, worthless people, rash people. That's not the description of David's people. David's people are people in dire straits, embittered, the difficulties of life, but that's not the same pejorative description as we encounter earlier. Nonetheless, he is their leader, and now very importantly, there are 400 of them, and 400 is an important number, because we encounter the number 400 in the Torah. There's someone else who has 400 people whom he travels with, and that is Esau's, Yaakov's brother, and he's also the character who's red, not red hair, he's, he's ruddy, and David is Admoni. So we have another red person with 400 followers, desperate men. The connection of David and Asaph is important for the book of Samuel. And now we come to a very interesting verse. Verse number three. He said to the king of Moab, let my mother and father stay with you until I know what God will do for me. He led them to or placed them with the king of Moab. And apparently, it says, the king of Moab uh, allowed them to stay with him all of the time that David was in the stronghold. Now what's interesting is in the book of Samuel, we don't have a genealogy of David. We know that Yishai is David's father. Elsewhere, both in the book of Chronicles and the book of Ruth, Megillat Ruth, we have, a, we have a, a genealogy of David. In the book of Ruth in particular, we have a genealogy of David that starts from Judah and his son Peretz. But we also are told about the mother's side of the family, Ruth. And Ruth, of course, is a Moabite. The book of Shmuel does not suggest in any place that David descends from Moabites. But it is interesting that in this chapter, 
he finds refuge for his family with the king of Moab, and in 2 Samuel, in chapter 10, he sends consolers, Menachamim, to the king of Ammon, to the son of Nachasha Ammoni. So there is a suggestion, and that's perhaps what the book of Ruth picked up, which is the later book. There is a suggestion that there is some kind of connection that David may have to Moab and Ammon. Of course, they are brothers. Moab and Ammon. And the Vayanchem of our chapter may be related to Menachamim, Lenachem, to console. So the, the placing with and the consolation may be connected, and it does suggest a link that David may have with Moab and perhaps related with Ammon as well. So David is seeking a safe place. And here we have an interesting... Uh, an interesting interconnection in this chapter, which is the following. The further David goes away, the Philistines, you can't go farther than the Philistines, you're outside the country with Israel's enemy, it may be safe, but the safer place you are, the less connected to the land of Israel you are, the less connected to the people you are. So that's the the tension, the internal tension. So in verse number 5, the prophet God who's the prophet, God Hanavi said to David in verse 5, Lo teshev v'amatsuda, lechu barata lecha eretz yuda, v'yelech David v'yavo yar charet. David left his place, and he went to the territory of Judah. So the territory of Judah is within Israel, but the, the more within you are, the more dangerous it is. And in the next verse begins a story which is all about Saul chasing after David and almost catching and killing David. Chapter 22, verse number 6, begins the powerful interaction, the seeking of David by Saul. And we'll pick up with this as we continue through the book of Samuel.